Just a tiny little bit of fun. Just a little bit of funny. Hello and welcome to A Bit of Funny. My name is Kira Prince and I graduate college this month. I'm Niagara Litster and I have seven things. My name is Danielle Wade, and I am not entirely certain if I am of this plane. I'm Chantel Beezer, and I exist. Definitely, really exist. <laughs> I'm a human. Just in case <laughs> anyone was wondering, you don't need to worry. <laughs> Can we just talk about how much I love the trope of like over explaining something to make it like suspicious <laughs> like hello i am handing you this cup of water that is definitely completely made out of h2o <laughs> like i am waving to you with my hand that is holding nothing <laughs> oh one of my favorite things to do is whenever i venmo someone i'll put whatever it is in like quotation marks that's good and so it's like uh tissues or like food so. yeah i think one of the most powerful forms of humor is just casting doubt just yeah. a little bit like like especially when like it's like oh hey chantel if that is your name like, i love it it's so funny like i mean we could break it down and dissect the joke and kill it dead but like oh, powerful powerful any, anyone who, who just dabbles in this. Uh, got a good spot in my heart. It reminds me of the Emperor's New Groove when Kronk's like, ah, Cusco's poison. Poison for Cusco. Poison specially designed to kill Cusco. Cusco's poison. That poison? <laughs> yes, that poison. <laughs> it's right here. <laughs> that movie's a national treasure. Like, that one and Road to El Dorado somehow... <laughs> exude like the exact same like chaotic two brain cell energy but like at the same time it's really freaking smart i live for it i, I love it so much you gave me loaded dice <laughs> yeah like i <sighs> apparently <laughs> the production of road to el dorado was like actual nightmare fuel but like I'm not saying suffering is worth it, but I mean, suffering was kind of worth it. Like, <laughs> y'all did it. That thing slaps. We wipe to um, this duo who, one of them is definitely the brains and one of them is definitely the bronze. And they are trying to pinpoint the location of a hidden treasure that is apparently um, of legend. Brandon, I have been going over these maps like it was my job, and I believe with all of my heart that I have pinpointed where the treasure is. Oh, sorry, Daisy, I was distracted. I could see my reflection in this shiny rock. Okay, so... We need to get boats. Um, so that's what I need you to do, because you're very strong, and you yeah. mm -hmm, strong, and you could lift the boats. Um, so you go get boats, 
I'm gonna see if I could get us uh kind of like an interpretation guide person because I believe this treasure is in a land where I don't speak the language. So we're gonna need to get us an interpreter. All uh, right. So we cut to Daisy, who she goes to a library uh, where she believes other smart people congregate. Um, and she goes to look for a person who speaks the foreign language. Hello, library goers. I'm looking for a person who knows the foreign tongue for an expedition. The foreign tongue, you say? I speak basically every tongue known to man. Ah, okay. So, me and my friend Brandon, we're going to find this uh, artifact, and we need kind of an interpreter in case we run into some people. Uh, so, would you like to join us? Well, ma'am, I interpret, I translate, I transcribe, I do it all. I, I am the the wizard of words, uh, if you will. Uh, the the only thing uh, I think we really should discuss is uh, compensation for this very hefty and considerable task that I am about to undertake. Ah, yes. Compensation. Money. Payment for services done. Yes, yes uh, I know what synonyms are. Uh, so at this moment, the only compensation that I could give you is having the trip of your lifetime. That's the only thing I can offer you at this moment. But it is said that this artifact is worth millions. So once we get that, get back here with it safely, and we sell it, then I could give you a little bit of that. And uh, if this artifact isn't as valuable as you anticipate? Then you have gained a friend, two friends, me and Brandon, and a story to tell your family. And isn't that great compensation? Two whole friends, you say? Mm -hmm. And Brandon, he's nice to look at. He can carry both. Well, I, I don't mean to brag, but I do happen to have a boat that is in dry dock. And honestly, it is. It would cost an arm and a leg to take that into the water. You have yourself a deal. So, Daisy, Brandon, and Interpreter Ma'am set out on the trail that they blaze in the water. So you said you were a wizard? Uh, that is a figure of speech. I am the wizard of words, as it were. Uh, I would take the Prince of Poetry, but that is, uh, unfortunately, a taken moniker. Can you, like, turn me into a llama or something? With the po power of imagination, I'm sure we could do anything. Oh, nice. Uh. We've been on the water for about two days now. Um, according to my map, I think we should hit land uh, by nightfall, which is very exciting for us. We'll We'll get to get to that treasure. Uh, Daisy, you're, you're sure this Brandon fellow can lift a boat? Because honestly, uh, what I've seen so far, it's not been impressive. Oh, yeah. Those muscles aren't just for show. He, back before, when I was getting you, he was getting the boat. He picked it up, brought it. We're sitting in the boat he brought. All right. 
So they they sail into the night and they they hit land uh and and they are on land. Ah look land now the map leads us to a village so uh we shall hike to the village and see if any of the people are there and welcoming so we may maybe have a place to stay and they walk to the village uh the interpreter steps forward and speaks in the foreign tongue uh chow chow brown cow if you know what i'm saying hello uh we are foreign visitors to this land uh who who might be the leader of uh this quite settlement uh yeah that would that would be me uh hello <laughs> Honestly, ma'am, your 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 beauty astounds me. Um, do you moisturize? I think you moisturize. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we are here on a very important expedition. Uh, might we be able to uh, rely on you for some sustenance and perhaps a place to rest our weary travelers' heads? Well, sure. All you gotta do is just go over to the, the Leaky Tap Tavern over yonder and just say you'd like a room, and I'm sure the lovely barkeep lady will give you a room. Uh, and, and, uh, be, be honest with me, is, is this more of a, a three-star joint or a four-star joint? Can we, can we expect that sort of service here? Uh, yeah, sure, whatever you, you require. We'll take it. Uh, uh, Daisy, uh, they they will generously uh, allow us to remain here on the premise at the Leaky Tap Tavern. I'm hoping that is a misnomer. Um, <clears throat> in, in the morning, uh, you're certain we're going to be able to get that artifact, right? Because uh, a little bit skint right now. Yes, yes. The the map says that it is just outside of this village a couple hours, and we'll just have to um, kind of dig for it. So let's... Head to the Wiki Tap Tavern. Come on, Brandon, carry all of our stuff. Hey, all right. So they make mm -hmm. it to the Wiki Tap Tavern, um, and Daisy asks the interpreter to interpret uh, that they would like uh, three rooms at you know ground level because Daisy's is scared of the stairs. They they separate. They separate their to their separate rooms for the night, um, but the interpreter drops a, a couple more hints that uh, he is uh, very very intent on on getting his cut. To, he's he's uh, very set on these riches. We swipe to the next day, and they are on the trail to where they will find this artifact. And they have hired a guide to help them navigate through this jungle that they didn't realize was going to be such a treacherous journey. I didn't realize this journal was jungle was going to be such a treacherous journey. I'm so glad one of the natives was willing to to guide us through this um but it looks like we are near the X on our map. So, Brendan, bring out the shovels. All right. 
uh, shovels plural. I I really didn't realize that uh, physical labor would uh, be part of this little adventure here. Oh, oh yes, see that hard. Um, one of the other reasons besides boat carrying that I brought Brandon is that this artifact is uh, pretty big. So we'll all have to dig for it, and then Brandon will be responsible for carrying it. So, hey, uh, we, we made it to the giant X on the ground, oh. made out of rocks. How uh, convenient. If I'd known I'd be digging, I don't think I would have come. Oh, it won't be that hard. Brandon, he's like three people in one. So it's really Brandon doing a lot of the work and us just kind of like helping it. Okay. So they begin to dig and they dig late into the afternoon and the hole is getting quite big. And um, they dig and they find a box. And and Daisy, she she opens up the box and inside the box is a parchment. And Daisy, she takes out the parchment and she reads it and she, she clears her throat and reads it to the group and she says, Thank you for finding my treasure. But the real treasure was inside you all along. It what? <laughs> Let me see it. <laughs> and the interpreter grabs the parchment and he's, he's looking... Uh, Kung Fu Panda style. Uh, he's turning around. He's like knocking on the box for a, a, a false bottom. Would you like to thank you guys for uh, doing this adventure? And um, please fill up the hole and put the rocks back in the X shape. I know what an X looks like. That's what my name starts with. Not quite, Brandon, but we'll go with it. Uh, it turns out the treasure was the journey and friendship all along. Isn't that exciting for everyone? You're telling me that I came here and I listened to this halfway talk for two days and I slept on a straw mattress and I came here where there are bugs and dirt I have blisters! I have blisters from digging. And I'm just supposed to walk away with memories? I changed my mind. Friendship isn't good enough for me. Uh, you can have the bar. Uh, the, the interpreter pulls out a, uh, very upsetting looking knife and, uh, uh, brandishes it at, um, at the three gathered. Whoa, man. Whoa. This is not very friendshipy. And I feel like we've we've grown together and this knife is just going to cut us apart. See what I did there? And I don't think we want that. You're right. I I don't want to do this. What I want is compensation. So you're 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 gonna turn out your pockets and you're you're gonna give me Honestly, whatever you have, I am not walking away empty-handed. I see. Uh, well, the only really thing that I have is the boat. I guess the boat was ours. 
Brandon and us, and that's really the only thing we own. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll start a boat collection. I already have one. I can I can do this. And the interpreter takes the boat and leaves Daisy and Brandon on this foreign island to live out their days in friendship and adventure. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Don't keep toxic people in your life, friends. That's right. the moral of this story. Did not end the way we expected, but it's the best way for all. <laughs> but isn't friendship the real gift anyway? <laughs> Honestly, I'm not gonna lie, I really like the relationship between Daisy and Brandon. It's like, <laughs> she's there for him. <laughs> I love Brandon. <laughs> God bless the simple, right? guileless and pure so I've at work been listening to a lot of Disney music right and I work with so the owner of the company I work for his sons come in and work for us sometimes and like one of them is like I don't know I think he graduated high school like a couple years ago so he's probably like early 20s and then one of them's like 16 years old and when they first came to work I thought they'd want to listen to like uh like top today's top hits or something mm-hmm. music and they both want Disney so we listen to a lot of Disney a lot and the Disney radio station on Pandora it only has about like 20 songs well maybe not 20. no 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 it, it has like a handful of songs and it just plays the same ones over again. And it, it plays the Aladdin, the new Aladdin. And I don't know, I tried watching it and I don't, I didn't like it very much. But listening to the songs, I feel like there's a reason I didn't watch it. Because some of the songs are like, this is not Robin Williams. This is definitely Will Smith. But I love Will Smith. <laughs> Look, friend like me, it is it is it your childhood? No. Is it a bop though? It's a bop. Like like the whole da- the dancing. Like you have to watch it. I feel like like the production <laughs> elevates the song. It definitely does. The dancing is chef's kiss. I feel outnumbered here. <laughs> is this what like? Having an unpopular opinion feels like hot take. <laughs> no, I don't think you're. I don't think you're that. Um, I don't think this Aladdin was well received. One because it it wasn't that razzle dazzly, and this is coming from like a proper Guy Ritchie fan. Um, it didn't have the sparkle. But I also feel like most of the new Disney movies don't have a sparkle. Mm. I liked the Beast song in the new movie. Okay, that is like, okay. The Beast song, the new one, I can't be bothered to remember what it's called. And then Gaston, best parts of that movie. Like, I was here for Gaston. It's like, yeah, let him be a psychopath. Like, let's go. Like, homeboy is excited at the thought of the tears of widows like y'all committed and and luke evans committed more than 
basically anyone should have. But I was down for it. He is beautiful and nasty. It just occurred to me that I've never had to spell it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, like, like <laughs> Gaston LeFou are, are a package deal. Like, Josh Gad was, he, he did some good work in that one. It's like, all right. All right, you earned a lot of goodwill with me, man. Okay, speaking of Josh Gad and Disney and No Sparkle, did any of y'all watch the Artemis Fowl movie? Mm-mm. Good, don't. <laughs> Especially if you had those books. I wa- I knew it would be bad. One, because it's been in production for like 10 years. Um, two, because I watched all three of the trailers and each one was progressively worse. And um, three, I, I, I felt like I was on the verge of a panic attack the entire time. Like, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I was, I was hyperventilating through most of that movie because it was so bad. And the CG in some places was like, like, the Uncanny Valley was, was very strong. It was very strong. Like, fight or flight had activated for me. That was devastating because there was a lot of, there's a lot of potential. Sometimes dreams don't come true. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's that movie. Someone was telling me that it's like narrated by someone who like wasn't even there for half of it, and yeah, he's like, yeah, narrating it's it. narrated by ironically Josh Gad's character. Which nothing against Josh Gad. Like I really like the stuff that I've seen him in. Um, <laughs> But he talked like this the whole time. <laughs> like it was the worst Batman impersonation. I I don't know why, because like he only had it part of the time, and when he didn't have it, it was great. It was really great. I I don't like every creative decision left me baffled. Like I'm ready for the tell-all memoirs of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I'm gonna have to wait like ten years for the non-disclosure agreements to to dissolve and for everyone to be like, whoo, that sucked. Just <laughs> uh, have to wait here patiently instead. We cut to a Hollywood pitch board meeting where executive producers are trying to come up with the best new movie uh they're trying to trying to decide which actors are going to be in it kind of you know what's the plot we got a dalmatian okay guys no wait times that by a hundred i don't know that sounds a little stale like i I feel like someone's done that already i mean like okay instead of dalmatians instead of dalmatians Mm -hmm. let's do corgis Better yet, Pomskis. You know, like those like hybrids between the corgis and the huskies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty nuts about corgi butts. You're right. I think we'd get more viewers about if we just did corgis. Mm-hmm. Wait, I mean, have you seen the corgis that have little hearts shaved into the to their fur? Oh, honestly, <laughs> the most precious things in the world. <laughs> all right, we're doing corgis. Okay. All right, all right. Do we corgis. agree on a hundred and one corgis? I mean. <laughs> I'll never say no. You could do 102. I mean, well, let's save that for the sequel. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. You really are. All right. We have have corgis. Uh, I mean, musical numbers. We could probably throw a couple of those in there. So we would need 
some uh, celebrities who can sing. Like we got we got a Kristen Bell. Ooh, maybe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, what's her name? Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Got to get a man in there. Hmm. Oh, Zachary Levi. No. Oh. 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 Johnson, are you writing this down? I'm I'm writing. Of course I am. I'm writing. I'm writing. Okay, okay, okay. What if, like, the dogs are the ones that sing? Oh my gosh, that's it? You're genius. We have a hundred of them. Of course we can get Zachary Levi and, and, and whoever that other guy is. Perfect. Perfect. We start production in the morning. All right. Gentlemen? I think this was a productive day. Ah, gentlemen. We cut to the next morning. There are 101 corgis and and one Zachary Levi. (laughs) Zachary, baby. I I, I know we're running a little behind time uh, on schedule, but I just, just... Stay in the green room. We have snacks. You know, there's a, there's a whole soda bar. Uh, William? William, get over here. Where is Kristen? Where is she? She said she'd be here. She, like, I had a whole conversation with her. She's not here. Uh, I forgot to tell you, but she's afraid of Corky's because they're the same size as her. This is integral. Integral to the movie-making process. I know that she'll be in a recording booth for 95% of her deal with us, but she has to bond with these corgis. She has to get the corgi mindset through her skull. Okay, uh, I'll go ask her again. You don't ask. You get here. You get her here. Or, frankly, I, I, I don't know what your purpose with this company will be. Okay. Remember that the next time you you give me bad news. Okay, Kristen. Uh, um, yes. Uh, <laughs> so, what if the dogs need you? They need you to bond with you. They need someone like you as a role model in their lives. Do you think you could do that? I mean, are these like rescue corgis who you know? Like, need to know that things are going to work out for them in a positive way. Like, is that what you're looking for? Like, I need to assure them that one day they'll be adopted? Like, what are, are we... you saying that you'll adopt them? Oh, no. Those things, they're really scary. But I'm just, I mean, okay. I get it. You know, like. These corgis, they're scary, but you kind of feel bad for them because they're so scary. I guess I could make my way maybe, like, kind of towards them, kind of survey them, like, give them a smile or something. So Williams leads Kristen Bell over to the dog handler who is with the 101 corgis. All right. I'll leave you two here. Um, This is Rodney, and he will teach you how to become one with the corgis. I'll check back in later. Well, hi. Kristen Bell, how are you? 
I'm Rodney. So, you're here to bond with the corgis. Congratulations. You get to sit and stare at corgi butts for like three hours. Is there any way we could, you know, like, not do that? And I could maybe like put on a blindfold and just talk to them encouragingly, tell them nice things. Unfortunately, if you want to be one with the corgis, you're gonna have to do everything I tell you with no exceptions. One of those is staring at the corgi butts. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Everybody loves the butt of corgis. I mean, they're just so, they look so soft and cushiony. If you don't want to do that, I guess you, we can always do the alternative, which is we're going to have to pretend we're the corgis. Ah. Yep, and that starts with getting down on all fours, like so. We see the dog handler get down on his hands and knees, and he puts on little dog ears. Here, you'll you'll need you'll need one of these so the corgis can trust you. And he hands Christian Bell another headband of uh, corgi ears. Okay. I will do this, but I'm going to need to talk to that executive producer about getting a raise or something. And she grits her teeth and she gets down on all fours and becomes part of the corgi pile. All right. You're doing a good job. Now we're just going to do a cuddle pile with all these corgis. And we're going to have a power nap for like 30 minutes. And when we wake up, it's feeding time. So Kristen is is pretending to power nap with all these corgis. But the phrase uh, feed feeding just is ingrained in her brain. And she can't stop thinking about how she's frightened of the corgis. and. She assumes that they're going to eat her, and so she's sweating bullets, and she's pretending to nap, and she just can't stand it anymore. And she jumps up and she yells, I need to speak to the executive producer because I'm off this movie! And she tears off the ears and sprints away. Oh, he is on the lot like that, like his, uh... <clears throat> His money senses were tingling, and he could tell that there were millions on the line. Uh, and he, right there, he's like, Kirsten, sweetie, baby, hey, how are you doing? It's, it's, it's been a hot minute. Uh, hey, let's take a walk. Let's take a walk. So, okay. corgis, am I right? No, you were wrong. They're so terrifying. What if... We brought in a hundred sloths. I love a good sloth. I, I know you love a good sloth, but we we play tested this very hard. I'm, I'm going to be honest. We sent this out to, to all across the world, honestly. And corgis, not only do they, do they rate very highly with 
six to eight year olds, but they also sweep in basically every human being above 45. And if we can, if we can dabble in both those demographics, like honestly, we are set for life. We, we don't have to noodle around with another frozen two. Am I right? Uh, Kirsten, sweetheart, just help us get that sparkle. Had a rough patch. Had a lot of CG. We just need Gorgies. Are you picking up what I am putting down? I'm. I just. I want to help you, but the Corgis—they put the fear of God into my heart, and I just. I. I, I understand. I need to leave. Kirsten, Zachary's there in the green room. He's waiting for you. He's done the corgi training. Think about Zachary. I just, the stars, they're not aligned. I can't, I can't do it. William! William, come here. Yes. I need you to not tell a single soul what I am about to ask you. Okay. How are you at impressions? Um, I'm great at them. Do you think that you can do an impression of a beloved actress who has an irrational fear of the cutest creatures on God's green earth, but who has been forced to voice one nonetheless and reach the range and depth of emotion that I know this little corgi body is going to go through? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I can do that. Okay. Go to your corgi training. And uh, we see a glorious montage as William steps out of the role of beleaguered executive assistant and into impersonator slash corgi person slash actor. And he, he commits, he becomes one, like he's, he does the dog pile, he does the feeding time, like he keeps a pair of commemorative ears in the studio. He you know, he does his vocal exercises. He, he's got Kirsten Bell down to, down to a science. And the movie comes out. And while it, it does so-so with the critics, it is loved by children six to eight and 45 and above. Always chase your dream. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Thanks for joining us tonight on A Bit of Funny. And we hope to see you next time. Until then, remember... If you are going to leave your partner for any celebrity, it better be Kristen Bell. Just a tiny little-